This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. With a Slack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to this special episode on Teachers Talk Radio, which is an interview with me, Tom Rogers, and Labour MP and Shadow Minister for Schools, Stephen Morgan. Uh, I'll be discussing with him coming up shortly uh, all things Labour policy, Conservative government policy and, of course, the very recent white paper which was published by government just a few days ago. Before we get into that, I'd really recommend checking out ballbap.com, one of our advertisers on today's show. If you want to get a free digital portfolio for yourself or your students, then check out the website, get yourself signed up. It's really easy to do. And it's a fantastic tool for showcasing student work and even your own work as a teaching professional. So do check that out. I'm going to hand over now to the interview. Enjoy. Right. Well, I'll start off. Uh, can you tell our listeners something about you, apart from the fact that you're Shadow Minister for Schools for Labour? Well, the first thing to say, yeah, I mean, it's a real privilege to be the Shadow Minister for Schools for Labour, uh, a, a real, real uh, opportunity, I think, to 
to transform lives of young people and, and something I would have dreamt about doing as a young person whilst at school. So I joined my party when I was 16 and, and it's a real privilege to represent the city that, that I love and where everyone I love lives. Um, so a fun fact is I've got a Blue Peter badge, which I got from school cleaning out the school pond. Wow, that is a good fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, so... Is, so let's move on to actual education stuff. First thing to say is thanks very much for doing this interview with, with Teachers Talk Radio. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, is Nadim Zahawi a better education secretary than Gavin Williamson? Well, it's not exactly a high bar, is it? And I think it doesn't really matter who the edu education secretary is. I think children have still been an afterthought by this government during the pandemic. We've got this school's white paper that's come out this week, which I think is tackling the day-to-day issues that our classrooms are facing and you know we've had 12 years of conservative rule now and I think they have neglected uh, supporting our schools and our children and our teachers and that's why we've set out an ambitious plan to support schools and support the recovery of children after what's been a difficult time and, and I'll be sort of taking that message out and about across the country in my new role. Why should teachers trust Labour to deliver something different or better for them if they were to win the next election. Um, I mean, many teachers would say that, you know, the decline has been going on for much longer than, than the last 10 years, say. So why would teachers trust Labour to deliver something different or better? Why should they? Well, I'm really proud of Labour's record in government uh, in the years that I was growing up. Uh, I mean, record investment in school buildings, lifting more and more children out of poverty, real investment in uh, the future of our young people. And I think we've seen under this government firsthand their disregard for children and schools and the lack of ambition that they've got as we've seen in the white paper this week i mean the government's own commissioner on recovery resigned because they weren't putting enough money in and the chancellor had said that he'd maxed out support for children so i think that teachers school staff and leaders should be um, able to trust labor in government and i will be getting out and about and talking to as many people as I can to hear their views and concerns and see what I can do about it. Okay, let's move on to policy. Um, let's start with Ofsted. Um, they are still grading schools uh, on, a, on, a, on a sliding scale with four grades. Um, and obviously we've got outstanding at the top. Some schools are in special measures, requires improvement or good. Would Labour or should Labour scrap the grading of schools? So Bridget Phillipson, our Shadow Education Secretary, has already said some things on this. At the speech to ASCO a few weeks back, she said, said that Ofsted should be a critical friend to every good leader and every good teacher, but still operates in a way that it's too high stakes, I think, and where risks of a bad inspection outweigh the rewards of a good one. So I think we need to see change. And Labour wants reform Ofsted to create new opportunities and responsibilities to support schools around school improvement. So we would free up inspectors to deliver more detailed feedback, would prioritise peer-to-peer support and help teachers and leaders to connect with development and training opportunities. I mean, I want to make sure that Ofsted is a process whereby good teachers and good schools shine. And at the moment, it doesn't do that. Do you think, though, that the grading is a big part of that in terms of what's making it high stakes 
and and do you think therefore that that needs to go? I think it all the hard work that teachers, support staff, and school leaders do shouldn't be down to one word assessment. Um, so I absolutely agree that that needs to be looked at as part of a wider package of reform of Ofsted. There's there's huge numbers of teachers breaking under workload pressure, particularly now um, in this kind of uh, post-COVID, uh, or say post-COVID, still current really, but you know um, this COVID world. What will Labour do to reverse the number of teachers who are breaking under workload pressure? And, and are Labour going to take it seriously? Because, you know, teachers are fed up of hearing that politicians are taking it seriously, but aren't seeing the results. So I take this really seriously. And, and last week I went up to the NEU advice line and I understand I'm the first ever MP to do so, to basically go and listen into some of the calls that teachers are making, uh, teachers that are on their knees in terms of where they're at with their career, struggling um, with the day-to-day -day challenges of being a teacher. And that was just a really powerful uh, experience for me to hear firsthand from teachers, the struggles that they're facing, the support that they, they're getting from their union. Um, no other uh, MPs ever done that before. So it, it was well worth it and made me reflect an awful lot on some of the pressures that teachers are facing. I mean, Labour set out a plan that we would recruit six and a half thousand new teachers to close the vacancies gap. We're going to reform offset, as I've already said, so that it's got a more proactive role around supporting school improvement so that we end this high stakes approach and this one word verdict on years of hard work. But we'll also make real investment in teachers with a professional development fund to provide access to skills that teachers need in their career. So I absolutely get it. I'm hearing the challenges that teachers are facing, but we'll also set out a positive vision and, and policies that will make a difference. OK, I mean, in terms of workload, though, specifically, because um, you, you, you mentioned you, you'd listened to teachers and you, you'd heard them and you heard some of the issues there and the, the number of hours they're working is, is there anything practical that Labour can do to reduce those those workload hours? Well first thing to say is I'm listening and engaging and I'm really keen to to hear what teachers have to say on this and I encourage them to get in touch with me I'll be going out and about a lot more now as we come out of the pandemic and I want to hear those thoughts and views I've been listening to unions and teachers directly on these concerns and if they've got ideas and thoughts then I want to feed them into the sausage machine and and, and see what we can do to help. In terms of another thing is that's come out recently, in fact, just in recent days, obviously this maybe weeks by the time this is published, but certainly very recently, is about the length of the school day. And it's something that um, Conservative ministers have mentioned before, and it's become an issue in terms of especially now. And they, they've introduced a, a minimum length of the school week. And there's been discussions about the school day, are Labour equally concerned and focused on the length of the school week and the school day as the government is? So I think it's a really good question. And you'll know that the 32.5 hour day school week is business as usual for, for most schools. I think, in fact, eight in 10 schools. But I think there are ways that you can enrich the school day without being you know, putting a perspective on it about length. And that's why our children's recovery plan includes universal breakfast clubs and activities for every child, for instance. So I think there is real value um, in children's experience rather than some sort of arbitrary 
clock watching. And from the teachers that I talk to in, in my own constituency, they're already doing this already. So I think it's another example where we saw a really white, uh, weak white paper coming out from government and the fact that they're out of touch with the day-to-day -day realities that schools are already facing. But something we've looked at, but a number of schools are just doing it already. Yeah. I mean, where do you think the focus on the school day rather than other issues comes from for the government? Do you think that's what, why are they focusing on that? Uh, really good question. I mean, I guess they just want to latch on to something to show that they're trying to bring about positive change. But, you know, the other things that are in the white paper, essentially what schools are doing already, the, the focus that they're placing on reading, maths and writing teachers do day in day in day out already so so I think that it's something that they've tried to latch on to look like they're doing something new but in fact it just shows that they're out of touch with what teachers are doing already to support children. What will Labour do to improve behaviour in schools because there have been many surveys by different unions in recent times which have highlighted issues with student behaviour, teachers sometimes not feeling safe uh, in their own schools that they're teaching in what are Labour going to do to address this? So this was one of the big issues that came out of my recent visit to the advice line to hear from teachers around the struggles and challenges that they face. And I think it, that government's efforts on behaviour are treating a symptom and not the problem. And I know, you know, the occasional Victorian era announcements on discipline play well with the Tory backbenchers. But the truth is we're seeing behavioural changes in the classroom because the support for pupils and teachers isn't there. And that's why our children's recovery plan is putting quality mental health support in place and providing universal access to breakfast clubs. And it's why we've also set up really clear plan to support teachers in their profession and give young people better mental health support. So you're saying that you think the decline in behaviour or the problems in behaviour are associated with, with poor mental health or well-being? Well, I think it's a range of things. I mean, it, it's also about... Uh, the traumatic experiences that children can face. I mean, it's been a really difficult time, but certainly the schools I've been into in my own constituency, teachers are telling me that parents are under huge amounts of pressure and, and children have, have seen the brunt of that, um, you know, in terms of cuts to universal credit, to the cost of living crisis, there's real pressure in families and sometimes that behaviour is then brought into the classroom. The government have, have recently issued guidance on impartiality in the classroom. Um, now, what issues, uh, well, first of all, any thoughts and comments on that? But second, what issues do you think that teachers need to be careful of? Um, because there has been a lot of press and a lot of focus on um, the issue of impartiality and teachers breaking impartiality. Look, I think this is a total distraction and I absolutely trust teachers to make judgment calls about what is learned and, and taught in classrooms. I think teachers treat issues with sensitivity and we should respect teachers to continue to do that. I mean, just like they did with COVID, they just like uh, will have done again with Ukraine in recent weeks. I think teachers are very good setting out clearly to children things that are going on in the world that, that they need to learn about. So I think it's just a, an attempt by the government to pander to their own backbenchers and, and it just doesn't wash with me. The government wants more large academy chains. Uh, do Labour? 
Well, I was really disheartened to see that every school being part of a multi-academy trust was the summit of the education secretary's ambition for children in his white paper. And I've seen some brilliant schools that are thriving as part of MATS and others, but um, if they don't want to join them or happy with smaller trusts, that, that's their choice. So Labour's totally focused on outcomes in classroom, not obsessing over structures. And that's why this recovery plan that, that I've talked about would give every child the support that they need and our commitment to putting a careers advisor in every school I think would make a real difference to improving outcomes and our own national excellence program would also recruit and retain high quality teachers so so for me it's about outcomes not about being obsessed about structures. Why do you think putting a careers advisor in every school is important for Labour? Why is that you know why is that something you've you've kind of picked out as something you want to do? Because it's something that's come up from my conversations with parents, with businesses as well. The CBR have done some really interesting research on this. And from when I've spoken to children in, in schools, they've said that the sort of careers advice that they've had themselves has been quite patchy. And I think if we're going to prepare children for life and, and for work, having access to good quality careers advice and compulsory careers work experience I think would make a, a huge difference to their setting themselves up for, for the world of work. What do you make Stephen of the knowledge versus skills debate in education? Um, do you think that we have gone too lopsided towards knowledge over skills? I want to make sure that all children have access to a really enriched curriculum where they can learn skills and they can learn about issues that will affect their lives. And one of the things I'm really keen on is making sure that they learn really important transferable skills, but also things that I know I didn't learn at school about how to write a cheque or how to manage my money or how to participate in democracy. I think that's really important. But schools, it, it, your time at school is not just about getting ready for work. It's also about developing yourself as a a well-rounded individual and, and that's something that I care passionately about and that's why I've been meeting with a number of different groups that care about PE or religious education or the importance of the arts and the curriculum and we'll continue to have those meetings. Um, this is kind of linked to curriculum I guess but what, what's your view on Oak National Academy and its kind of nationalisation um, by, by the government? Do you, do you have one? Do you have a view on that? Well, I think Oak was a brilliant teacher-led innovation that gave many families a lifeline during the pandemic, and I'm pleased to see it being integrated into learning on a more permanent footing. Uh, Labour's keen to ensure that we've got access to it that remains free, including data that's used to access it, and that's a question that I've raised in Parliament recently, and that's particularly important with the cost of living crisis that we currently see. So, as I said, I sort of asked a question recently of, of my opposite number in government, Robin Walker, if he planned to do that, um, and didn't really get the answer that I wanted. A, a straightforward answer would have really helped teachers and families bring some certainty to the classroom. Uh, on the white paper, a uh, couple of things. What do you think about the parent pledge, which is part of it? Um, and the second thing is, is the national tutoring programme that's kind of linked to this in terms of how schools are going to ensure that, that students in, I think specifically the government mentioned maths and English, but how um, students are going to catch up or level up or whatever phrase you want to use. 
So think on the parent pledge. Uh, I mean, this is a notion that schools should intervene to help children struggling with English and maths. I mean, the education secretary seems to think this is a, a new revelation. But of course, this is what teachers are doing day in, day out. So I think that was a really hollow commitment by the government. And on the national tutoring programme, I've had real concerns around how that's been delivered across the country. And of course, now the government have basically sacked Randstad from delivering that service. And I think that just demonstrates an admission of miserable failure to help children recover from the COVID loss of learning. And I'll be continuing to hold the government to account for their failure on the National Tutoring Programme. Do, do you agree that starting salaries of 30,000 will make a significant difference to the swell of teachers leaving or not? So the 30k, as I understand it, was a starting salary that was committed in the manifesto for this government, and they recommended it again in the white paper this week. But we've seen time and time again how casually the government delivers on its commitments and actually fails to deliver on what they said they would do. So we've got tax rises and on national defence, these are issues that they, they failed to deliver on. So it's something of concern to me, and I know that from the teachers that I speak to, they, they do say it's not just about money, it's also about having time to teach. And that's why Labour's set out a really positive plan around school improvement and obviously investing in teachers through professional development opportunities and reforming Ofsted to take some of those pressures off teachers that they face on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you think that on the issue of money though, I mean, what, what do you think is more important to teachers that, that, that going up to 30K or sorting out the, the workload and other issues? Or do you think they're of equal importance? So I think from the conversations I have with teachers, they're of probably of equal importance, actually. It's a balance. It's about workload. It's about morale. It's about uh, you know, the pressures of, of COVID and the implications that that's had. And it's also about pay. And, and that's why I'm listening really closely to what the profession's saying and also holding the government to account on what they've promised but not yet delivered. Brilliant. Stephen, thanks ever so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.